What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I can't see nothing but spotlights. Spotlights see nothing but me. All of my music is lonely. All of my heartaches were free. All right, entertainment news will commence here in about one hour at 420. One of our favorite times of the day, 420, for all the obvious reasons. Uh, the Ringer Pub, because that's a highly rated segment, that's why. We're going to be at the Ringer, the Ringer Pub. It is right at the corner of uh, Thousand Oaks and Jones Malt's Burger. Good location, real good spot to have a cool bar. And boy, they sure have one at the Ringer. We will be there this Friday. It is Mike Taylor Live, presented by Love You Hard TV with me and Puma and DJ LG. A couple of Thunderdomers bought this place from a guy who actually used to work at iHeart. Remember I've told you about a guy. I don't think you've met Matt Rapp. You haven't met Matt, I don't think. Matt owns The Hangar. Remember we did a big, huge show at The Hangar last year. Oh, and I yeah. had just I had just moved back. I had just come home from the from the hellscape, and was still kind of going back and forth because I had a house and a car back in the hellscape. But uh, I think that was the first time I ever broadcast in public in your career. Pretty sure, Dang. yeah, that's cool. And that Pretty was sure. a great night, man. And I'll be forever grateful to Matt for letting us do that show because we we sold it out, and that was great. Damn near had to get the fire marshal. There were two other guys that went there that night that just wanted to see the show and see what it was all about. And those two guys that were in that room that night at the hangar just hanging out, they were so impressed by the job that you and I did that they called me within a couple of months after that and wanted to do a show at their place. And they were the owners of McFinnigan's, the official bar of Thunderdome. Did you know that story? Didn't know that's exactly how it played out. Yeah, they vetted us. They went there that night to check it out just to hang because they're Thunderdumbers, Ruben and Tucker. Dug it so much, reached out, and through con- through mutual contacts, now look at now, now look at them. Now look at us. Look, I'm, I've got, you can't see me, but I've got my thumb pointed to my chest. Right there <laughs> look with Look at you. us. Dude, God dang it. All right, it's so we're going to be at the ringer. The reason I bring up Matt is because Matt used to own the ringer because he owns several bars, and he needed to offload one and sold the ringer to two other guys who are total pure thunderdomers <laughs> who've seen us out in public before doing stuff and dug it. And so here we are going to the ringer Friday night, man. Welcome to Thunderdome, bitch. <laughs> Thank you. I needed that before I got too sentimental. All right. It is 323 on the Mike Taylor radio show. Okay. Ain't nothing us redneck girls like more, more than like some Tony hot, Montana right steaming now. Taylor trash. Mm? Mm. <laughs> Although Tony got he got shot to pieces at the end though, didn't he? Oh crap! Well, you know what I mean. Metaphor holds. Sure. All right. Uh, we're gonna talk about something here. 
Yeah, that's that I'm going to talk about here in a second. That's what you do on a uh, talk radio program. You talk about something usually. I was pulling something up, man. Oh, <laughs> not pulling it out. Pulling the erection. It up. No. Well, you can still pull that up too. The I old, guess technically, yeah. In the waistband was, trick. Sure. Yeah, the old waistband bit. I walked around Arlington Heights High School for four years using having to use the waistband bit. Pretty much 80% of the time I was on a campus. Yeah, I used to think as a high school kid, why is, why does it always do that? Then I realized, oh, I guess teenagers, that's just that's what happens when you're going through that time <clears> in your life where it's like, dude, I love you, I appreciate you, but do you, you gotta, I got to get through math class here, Holmes, talking to my talking to my wiener, you know? Yeah, you I'm think? Like, I, like, I'm asking my penis to, would you please go away? I, yeah, need, to what, do, I need to concentrate. What do you possibly find <laughs> erotic about quadratic <laughs> equations? What the exactly. hell is happening to you? Yeah, okay, because, okay, yes, the number one's phallic or whatever. The, the letter V looks uh, funny. <laughs> Put up your pants, my man! Concentrate, anyway. Now, I wanted to talk about wrestling. Because there is a movie that has been produced and is... I need to look up. When the hell is it? The movie, the, the Von Erichs movie is about to come out. It's got to be close. Uh, with my boy Zac Efron playing uh, Kevin, or he's playing Carrie Von Erich. And, wait, is Efron playing Carrie or Kevin? Playing Carrie, I want to say. Yeah, I think Zach's playing Carrie. Yeah, I think you're right. Which is going to be funny because Zach's five foot seven and Carrie was like six two, but they'll pull it off. It's Hollywood. They got magic. So the Von Erichs movie is going to come out, which I will go see the day it comes out. Because as much as I give modern day wrestling crap, uh, I was every bit the mouth-breathing wrestling fan as a little kid in a, in a teenager back in the 80s and early Losers, 90s. in other words. Okay. And one of my heroes in the 80s outside of like, you know, Wayne Tolleson and Billy Sample and, you know, Danny White was Kevin Von Erich. And for him to be the lone survivor in that insane scene that the Von Erichs were in all those years, wrestling up in Dallas and Fort Worth and around the country, Kevin wound up being the one that survived. But by the time his, when he was all out of siblings, and those that know the Von Erich story know that, and I'm saying this for a reason, uh, I'm building up to something that I'm probably going to want to go go to here in, later this year, but when he had finally run out of siblings, Kevin was, Kevin just, at that point, I think he and the universe just decided, okay, I, I got to get the hell out of here. So the great Kevin Von Erich, and I think especially, when, and then when the old man died, when Fritz passed away, Kevin was done. He uh, he hit his wife, they had two little boys, they uprooted to the hellscape. They got the, they, they escaped, and they moved to Kauai, which is the most countrified island in all of Hawaii. The island I lived on in Oahu is the most populated one. Kevin moved to the least populated island of the ma of the major ones, Kauai, which is probably the most beautiful of all of them, but it's also the most rural. He bought a house literally in the mountains, in the trees, in the jungle, and moved there because he just, you lose that many people in your family. He was just, he needed to get away. 
Damn, that's and so badass, his, though. It's unbelievable. It's, it is badass. And he and his wife raised those boys right there in the jungles of the Hell's Gate. And they wound up going to school with a bunch of native Hawaiians. And both of them, I think, were semi-pro wrestlers. They were real good football players in Hawaii there for a while. The LeVon Eric brothers. You know, his kids. I think they still tag team wrestle on some okay. kind of low Lower levels. Yeah. yeah. So Kevin now is on in years, of course. Kevin's probably 60 now that I think about it. Maybe late 50s, mid to late 50s. He could be 60, hell. Um, so Kevin, in order to, you know, kind of hype the movie that he, that he, and it took, they wanted to do the, I think they wanted to do this movie a while ago. If I get a chance, uh, I'm going to ask him about this. Buddy. He didn't want to do it, I don't think. Kevin first. is 66 years old. Are you serious? I am oh my dead God. dead serious. That is unbelievable. Mm hmm. He's 18 years older than me. Just turned 66 a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I guess that makes sense, man, because I was probably 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 in that apex of the Sportatorium and the Will Rogers Memorial Coliseum wrestling days of the mid-80s. And, yeah, that would have put him in his mid to late 20s. Good Lord. I bet he can still whip my ass. No oh, problem. No, he'd, be, he'd <laughs> drop both of us simultaneously sure. with well, very little effort. With the other yeah. hand, yeah. So I think he was he was a reluctant player in the movie, and he wanted to make sure that if that was going to happen, that it was going to be done right, and at least where he could, where at least he could approve it. And finally, it got done, and they produced it last year, the Von Erich movie. Well, I, all this is to say that he is getting ready to start doing some speaking engagements. And it was announced this morning by the Majestic and Empire Theaters that Kevin is going to make an appearance at the Majestic in September. On September the 2nd, Kevin will be doing his public tour. And the Von Erics were very huge in these parts of Texas, too, just like they were up in North Texas. And they're billing this as Stories from the Top Rope. An evening with Kevin Von Erich, Saturday, September 2nd, at the Majestic Theater, hosted by longtime Metrosex television sportscaster Dale Hansen. No way. Yeah, seriously. Wow. So for a couple of kids like me and Puma that grew up in the Metrosex, idolizing Dale Hansen, who was the longtime sportscaster for the ABC affiliate up there, who often has gone viral you know he's retired now dale is dale was a gargantuan figure in that area uh, not just ratings wise but just just presence wise and would be the first to tell you that he his ego was as big as dallas and it, it was awesome and it worked in the 80s and 90s and mid to in the, in the early aughts when dale was you know even in dale's waning years in the 2000s when he was doing tv he was still doing these commentaries that were just going viral every week because he would go on these social commentaries too, not just sports. And he just, he retired, hell, damn near still at the top of his game. So I think I'm going to reach out to Dale Puma and we're going we're gonna to have to go to this, dude. We're going to this, you and me. Oh, no question. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely sure. no question. I haven't talked to Dale in years, but I bet you I can get a hold of him. If I can just... If I can get him, if I can just get him to realize it's me, I bet you he'll respond. I'd love to go and 
The, the matter of fact, the last time I hung out with Dale Hansen in San Antonio, he got me kicked out of a restaurant down on the Riverwalk. Yeah, that checks out. During training camp, because he wouldn't stop dropping F-bombs real loud in the restaurant, people were getting annoyed with him. And so after the third time of asking us to please cool it, and Dale's like, you know, I'm spending $1,500 in this restaurant tonight. They're like, yeah, I know, sir. That's the reason we haven't kicked you out yet. <laughs> so we, I, I didn't get to finish my steak. Dale owes me half a porterhouse. Um, so I think I'll reach out to Dale soon and get us into the Majestic because I, I want to go see. And it's an evening with Kevin. I guess he's just going to do, like, his story and, like, Dale will probably just interview. I'm, I, I'm guessing that Dale will interview Kevin on stage, but it wouldn't shock me if they took four or five questions from the audience, which I certainly will try to ask Kevin Von Erich one. If I could ask Kevin Von Erich anything, God Almighty, that's a good one. Gosh, there's some. I mean, you know. By the way, he wrestled barefoot. He's so he was so country ass tough. You know, all these these wrestlers are all badasses, but they all wear boots. Kevin wrestled bare feet his entire career. I can he's probably broken every one of his toes, get stepped on, oh, he's, stubbing yeah. them, falling. I think I would ask Kevin about about his toes. How many toes have <laughs> you broken? And give me some stories on broken toes. I, I, guarantee bet he, I bet he's got good ones. You will be the only person in that room that will be asking him about his toes. <laughs> but no one's still my question. That's mine. I called dibs on the toes question. No one asked him that. That's or me. just everybody asking question about his toes and then him <laughs> wondering, okay. like, what the hell's going on with all these people wondering about my toes? <laughs> He wrestled barefoot. He had, he, he had to pop his toes. A timer nine, you know. Yeah, those were the glory days, and I did love wrestling in those days. I loved it so much. I would, like, we'd go to Will Rogers Memorial Coliseum in Fort Worth because I think they did, they did uh, Friday nights they did wrestling in Dallas at a place called the Sportatorium. And then, and I, hell, I even loved Mark Lawrence, the announcer, the guy who announced all the wrestlers. And... Matter of fact, Mark Lawrence, when he got fired, I think he did, he did one too many lines of coke and caught up to him. Mark got fired. He wound up substitute teaching for a living. I just figured he was this rich guy. He was subbing in the Fort Worth SD, the broadcast. I mean, anyway, that doesn't surprise me. I think most of those guys yeah. were doing it based on passion, yeah. not profit at the time. No question. Yeah, I'm giving people's dirt. Probably shouldn't. Have. Sorry, Mark. I think Mark may be dead. I don't know. But anyway, that, that, that all being said, <laughs> I loved it well, so much. If he is Dude, dead, send us in the family. Is he dead? I okay, don't well, know. if he's dead, send him a ham. If he ain't, sorry, Mark, for airing your dirty laundry. But. <laughs> That that you were great, you were great at heights when you would sub, and I thought it was cool. But anyway, I would so it was it was Friday nights in Dallas, and then it was Saturday nights in 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 Fort Worth, and it was the, it was so awesome, and I loved every minute of it. I loved everything about it. I would always get the card. They would pass out like a little open, like a it's like it was the size of a full letterhead piece of paper, but it was a all blue and black and red inked open up envelope type sheet. And it had that night's wrestling card on it, and it was, and I'd smell it. It was awesome. And I would, dude, I I would get up the next day on Sunday morning after seeing all that, and I would reenact everything, all six or seven matches, including the main event, including announcing the announcing the wrestlers as they would come in. I was I was the I was both wrestlers. Sometimes a giant stuffed animal would be the other wrestler. I'd be the broadcaster the whole bit. And I would spend nine. My mother would thought I was. My mother thought I was nuts, because I'd be in there for like 
eight, nine hours reenacting the whole. I would pretend that I, I would pretend I was Kevin. Like when I woke up the, in that morning, oh, I would wake up and immediately I would become Kevin Von Erich, and I'd pretend that I'm waking up in some mansion somewhere in Dallas, you know. And I got to get on the phone and talk to my agent, and I'd have a steak for breakfast, and, you know. I was, I was Kevin all day long, and then I, w- I would pretend that I'm getting in my car and I'm driving to the arena the whole bit, and I'm getting out of the car and just pictures being taken. This this all lasted seven, eight hours during the day on Sunday. <laughs> Grandma Becky thought, I would, she, she probably thought I needed to be committed. That's how into it I was. And I loved it that much. And so, you know, saw all those Von Erichs guys, the Freebirds, Terry Gordy and Buddy Roberts and Michael Hayes, uh, the Kabuki, the Iceman King Parsons from St. Louis, Missouri. The Gentleman Chris Adams, both these people are dead. The Kamala, the Ugandan giant from the jungles of Uganda. No. Really, he, was from Missi- he was from Mississippi. I think he went to high school in Dallas. I yeah, and he shot his promos like down at the bank of the Trinity. <laughs> yeah, they do promos on the Trinity River down by the by the gully in downtown Dallas, and they would say that was that was him in the jungle. of. He was supposed to be in Uganda. Wasn't there a, a different time, Puma? What is simpler times, <laughs> some might say. Simpler times for sure. Wasn't yeah, there a certainly. fake Von Erich too that they threw out there and said was like a cousin or something? Oh yeah, we but had a fake was cousin. Yeah. Really, no connection to the family whatsoever. It was just another another tall, jacked white dude. Yeah, I think Fritz may owe his dad money or something, yeah. so they make it for it. They made him an honorary Von Erich cousin yeah, I or think something. You're, yeah. Man, and I can't even remember how they all died. David died in Japan of a mysterious illness. That's all they've ever told us. Uh, Chris died a suicide, I want to say. They had a younger brother when he was a kid, got electrocuted on accident, playing in the front yard of their house in Denton. Carrie grew very depressed and very chemically dependent after we had a horrific motorcycle accident. I know we're going to hear from Carrie Von Eric Foot on Twitter now before the day's over. There was a horrific motorcycle accident that Carrie Von Eric got into, and they never told anybody. Imagine how you, there's no way you can pull this off in modern times, but in the 80s, his foot had to be amputated after a horrific motorcycle wreck, and the Von Erich family never told a soul. He wrestled the second half of his career, Kerry did, with a prosthetic foot. But he wasn't the same guy, and he grew chemically dependent and eventually shot himself. But not in the head. In the chest. I mean, you really got to be... You really got to be aiming good, and you really got to be determined to kill yourself when you shoot yourself in the chest on purpose. Anyway, so I, uh, Kevin's heard all those questions. I want to ask him about his toes. <laughs> it's a legit question. <laughs> you got tough feet, you're a tough son of a bitch. You got tough feet, you got tough everything. I've always I've always bought into that, and Kevin Von Erich was the first guy I ever saw that did everything barefoot and made me want to have tough feet. <laughs> So he motivated me to have tough feet. I bet he's never been told that. By I was one about fan. to say, I, I not one. You might be the first person to ever credit him for you for wanting yeah. to have tough feet. Yeah, you made me want to have tough feet. I bet he'll. I bet he'll relate to the. I bet he. I bet he's got tough ass feet. Tell me he don't. You know he does. So, anyway, so in September. The tickets go on sale Friday. I'm going to try to get his freebies through Dale. It's going to be great. All right. Sorry I went long. Got to talking about my, about my childhood. You know how I do. All right. We got to get into some Connecticut talk. 
Uh, they came in and put uh, Connecticut in my apartment, oh, mid-2008, and I was sold just like that. And that's why I've been partners with Connecticut all these years because they are legit. They haven't changed a thing in all these years. They haven't had to. They fixed hard water. That's all they did. Back in the day when they got up and running as a company in the 70s, they mastered the art of fixing hard water. So I asked no questions. They came and put it in my kitchen. And boom. Wow. The water literally tasted different. Uh, showers were different and no more dirty dishes when I open the dishwasher after the, you know letting them soak in there for 45 minutes and there's got all this stuff in the bottom of the glasses because of the soot and art and because of where we are on this big ass quarry in this part of the state we got hard water but Connecticut will fix it it totally will make a difference in how your hair and your skin feels they will give you a free water analysis and see if you even have hard water you may not be sure let them come out and they'll give you a free analysis mention us and if you do wind up needing them to stay and put Kinetico in your place. They're so sure that you'll love the water, Kinetico. They will let you try it for free for 90 days. No questions asked. They'll come pick it up. Just screw them over. You know, get 90 days out of it, then have them come pick it up. But you won't want to do that. You're going to want to keep it. It is Kinetico, the last water softener you will ever own. Love your water. Get Kinetico quality water at 656 Pure. 656 Pure. They are the highest quality on the market, rated the most efficient water softener in the world by the Water Quality Association. They are legit. It is KineticoSA.com. KineticoSA.com. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.